Well, it's wonderful to know that that is enough. That Jesus has died, his blood has been shed, and nothing more needs be done to satisfy God for our sins. Our only need is to receive that gift that God has provided in his Son. I hope you've done that this morning. We're going to continue our study in the book of Proverbs today and think about God's wisdom for our world and conclude the message entitled, Playing the Fool. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Professor Wisdom has a classroom full of students. One of them is named Fool. It's not that a fool is mentally deficient. A fool is rather morally deficient. It's not that a fool cannot fear God. It is that a fool will not fear God. He has closed his mind. A fool is one who has no use for moral values or for God's instruction. And because of that, he condemns himself to a wasted life. What is a fool like? Well, in Proverbs, we have a number of pictures presented to us of a fool. We've seen a couple of these. In the first place, we saw a few weeks ago that a fool is like a student who wastes his opportunity. Chapter 17 and verse 16 in the Moffat translation says, Why does the fool offer the sage a fee when he has no mind to learn? In other words, he pays his tuition in life, but he doesn't learn anything. He is a student, but he wastes the opportunities that come to him to learn. We saw, secondly, that a fool is like a merchant who hawks his wares. He delights in airing his own opinions. Like the oriental merchant, he is out in front of his foolishness, hawking his wares, airing his opinions, telling what he thinks, and doesn't realize that what he's trying to push out on people is a bunch of junk. He is a merchant who hawks his wares. Wisdom. Wisdom requires a quiet willingness to listen. And then a thoughtful response. A wise person listens more than he speaks. A wise person does not say everything that comes to his mind, but he weighs out his words thoughtfully. A third picture of a fool is found in chapter 15, verse 21 of Proverbs, which says, Folly delights a man who lacks judgment, but a man of understanding keeps a straight course. The picture that I see here of the fool is that he is like a runner who leaves his race. Do you remember several years ago when there was a televised race? And as the runners were coming around the corner, one of the runners who was in the front, actually, instead of coming on around the bend toward the finish line, went right out the gate of the stadium. I have no idea. I never did hear why or what happened to him. But he did not finish his race. He was in it, but he left it. Like that runner, a fool is easily distracted from the commitments that he makes. He lacks the discipline to stay at a task until it's finished, 
until he crosses that finish line. He lacks judgment or discernment in his value system, and therefore he follows the delight or the pleasure at the moment. A fool is one who is easily distracted and and leaves what he should be committed to. The story is told of a hunter who had his gun aimed at a large bear who was ready to uh, eat him. On the other hand, the hunter was ready to pull the trigger of his gun, and just before he did, the bear spoke in a soft and soothing voice saying, Isn't it better to talk than to shoot? Why don't we negotiate the matter? What is it that you want? Well, the hunter listened and he took his finger off the trigger, lowered his rifle and answered, Well, I'd like a fur coat. That's good, said the bear. I think that's something we can talk about because all I want is a full stomach. Maybe we can reach a compromise. And so they sat down to talk it over. A little while later, the bear walked away all by himself. Negotiations had been successful. He had a full stomach and the hunter had a fur coat. (laughs) Thus the danger of becoming distracted from what we're about. Wisdom brings understanding about life's issues, enabling the wise to stay on a straight course and not to leave the path of his commitments. A fourth picture of a fool is found in chapter 26 of Proverbs in verse 11. A rather nasty picture. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Now, you don't have to be raised on a farm to understand what this is saying, do you? The writer of Proverbs is simply stating what is obvious, that the true nature of a beast is revealed in his chosen appetites. By the way, that's why Peter picks up this verse as the Spirit of God inspires him in writing his second epistle uh, as he warns about Christian apostates, those who claim to be one thing but who are actually another. And he says it is their actions in the end that speak louder than their words. A fool, you see, is exposed by his behavior, not by his vocabulary, Not by his IQ, not by the degrees he may have in education, not by his vocation, but by his actions. Repetition of foolish conduct, that is, actions that have no fear of God in them, reveals a fool. The writer of Proverbs says that the fool makes a disgusting mess and then compounds the revolting situation by his further actions. Earlier in the book, the writer says, a fool finds pleasure in evil conduct. It's not just enough that he does what is evil, but he does it again, and he finds pleasure in the repetition of it. 
a dog returns to its vomit, and so does a fool to his folly. The fool is exposed by his actions, and by the way, so is a wise person. Behavior exposes both. There's a third picture of a fool I want to get to in chapter 17 and verse 2. Excuse me, verse 12. Again, we go to the animal kingdom to pick this one up because the writer says, Better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool in his folly. And so a fool is like a bear which is robbed of its cubs. Kidner writes in his book, In society, the fool is, in a word, a menace. At best, he wastes your time, and he may be a more serious nuisance. If he has an idea in his head, nothing will stop him. A fool is a stubborn person. And he reacts to situations by his instincts. He is not concerned about sorting things out according to values. He simply reacts by instincts. He will not take into account others' perspectives. He will not be turned from his stubborn purpose. He can be dangerous and bring devastation to those around him. Pastor Thoman was fishing a few weeks ago out in Montana. He told me about one place where he and the party went, where they had to walk something like three or four miles to get to the trout stream. It was across a plain, and there was grass, yay high, three or four feet high. Now, there was a path across it, but this area is inhabited by bears. And he said one thing you have to watch out for, especially at this time of year, is stumbling onto the cubs of a mama bear. Because you see, when you do that, the mama bear has only one thing in mind, and that is to protect her cubs. She doesn't stop to reason, oh, it's a fisherman on his way to the river. Nothing to worry about. You see, there is only instinct involved, and immediately that mother bear, as God has created her, turns to defend those cubs. A fool reacts by instinct as well. Chapter 20 and verse 3 says, Every fool is quick to quarrel. He doesn't stop to think. Just that sets him off and he's ready to go. Chapter 29 verse 11, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. The wise will temper his actions and his reactions by the reality of the situation that he's in. He looks at the situation through his value system before he responds, but not so a fool. He doesn't have that value system. There's no fear of God in his eyes, and so he simply reacts like an animal reacting on instinct. There was a fellow who went to a church fellowship with both of his ears bright red. So a friend of his said, uh, what happened to your ears? A terrible thing, said the fellow. While I was ironing my shirt to come tonight, the phone rang. And well, I picked up the iron instead of the telephone. Well, that's awful, his friend said. But what happened to your other ear? 
Well, he said, the same guy called back. <laughs> you see, that's reacting by instinct. And I tell you what, you can get more than your ears burned doing that. Foolishness, as a character trait, must be corrected in childhood, or it may well persist through one's life. Now, all of us can be foolish, and have been foolish, and are foolish, and will continue to be foolish. But what I'm talking about here is one whose whole character is bent that direction. Not the incident that happens here, or the reaction that's wrong there. I'm talking about the person whose life is folly or foolishness. Turn to chapter 22 of Proverbs in verse 15. We see a verse that's not going to go over well with those who worship at the altar of psychology. Proverbs 22.15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. And we need to understand that the writer of Proverbs is not suggesting child beating. This verse is not addressing child abuse, which is wrong and sinful. That is not the issue. But the issue is that there is a place for corporal punishment. For discipline using the means of a spanking. There is a place for that. And in fact, the writer says that unless we use the rod of discipline correctly, with self-control, in a godly manner, unless we use it, our children may well grow up with foolishness being unleashed in their lives. Because very naturally it is bound up in the heart of a child, and as a child grows it continues to be unleashed unless it's dealt with. There is a time to spank a child. There is a time to spank a child. I did not say a baby, an infant. But there comes a time when a spanking is appropriate. Can you spank a teenager? If you're big enough. <laughs> and most parents aren't. There comes a time when a spanking is no longer appropriate. There are other kinds of discipline. The point the writer of Proverbs is making is that we parents have a responsibility. <clears throat> we cannot guarantee beyond any doubt that our children will not grow up to be fools. Because we can't get in their hearts and change them. They hold the key. But what we can do is discipline them consistently in such a way that as they grow up, it is likely that foolishness will be properly dealt with. And it involves discipline. Chapter 23, verses 13 and 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from Sheol, from death, from the realm of the departed. You see, as we saw earlier in our study of Proverbs, to grow up to be a fool 
means that likely one will have a shortened life because of foolishness. And so if we love our children, we want to have them to enjoy a long life, and that involves preparing them for life by discipline. We're not to withhold a proper, properly administered spanking or other kinds of discipline for our children that is appropriate for their age. The best time to teach values, the best time to teach the fear of the Lord is in the childhood years. You say, well, what years are those? Well, from the very youngest days until a child has left home. I don't think it means to stop at adolescence. It means to continue right on until that child is out of the nest. We have those years to teach values to our children. Will they test those values? Yes, of course. That's part of growing up. It's good that they do test them. They need to make them their own and not merely adopt them. Children will test our values. And sometimes that will be alarming and frustrating to parents. We're nonetheless to seek to continue to teach them the ways of God, the fear of the Lord. When we do that, in the end, not always in the process, <laughs> I wish it were so, but at least in the end, it will bring respect for parents and for others, especially including God in their lives. Now, February is going to be the month of the family here at Grace Church, and we're going to talk more about child discipline and family issues when we get to that month. So I'm going to leave it at that point and say this, that those who grow up to be confirmed fools have three things in common. You could just write it down. In fact, you may write it down in your notes. But you can write it down in your mind as well that there are three things that fools, confirmed fools, have in common. One is an unwillingness to learn. An unwillingness to learn. Chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. A fool will not listen to counsel. Though you give him counsel, he will not listen to it. He will not heed it. It will roll off of him. A wise man, though, cocks his ear to listen carefully to the advice given to him. He may not always agree, always accept it, but he will listen to it, but not so a fool. There is an unwillingness to listen and to learn. A second characteristic of a fool is a lack of self-control. Chapter 12, we're close to that, so look at verse 16 which says, A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. When a fool is corrected, he is annoyed immediately. He flashes with temper. But a prudent man can even overlook an insult. Turn over to chapter 14, verse 16, where a similar thing is said. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. He does not have self-control. He's hot-headed. 
And we see it also in his words, chapter 18, verse 6. A fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. As he is speaking, what he's getting across is, please hit me. Please punch me in the mouth. Why? Because of his his response, his lack of self-control. Verse 7, a fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. All fools have in common a lack of self-control, whether it be in actions and reactions or in the words that they use. And which of us has not at some time played the fool in this regard? But we're talking now about the one whose life is bent in this direction. But there is a third very sad thing that all fools share in common, chapter 10 and verse 8. Where it says, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. The chattering fool, the lack of self-control seen in that description, comes to ruin. In other words, his life falls apart. There was an inscription on a monument to an army mule that said this, In memory of Kate who in her time kicked a colonel, three majors, eight captains, twelve lieutenants, twenty-one sergeants, two hundred thirty others, and one bomb. (laughs) And so it is with the fool. Ultimately, the kick is against the bomb, and ruin comes. The bitter fruit of foolishness should make all of us attentive to the warnings of God about playing the fool. He says that a fool brings grief and sorrow, especially to his parents. Chapter 17, verse 21, verse 25. The mother and father of a fool weep because of the child, now become an adult who lives foolishly. Chapter 10 and verse 10 repeats the possibility of ruin when it says, He who winks maliciously causes grief and a chattering fool comes to ruin. A fool ruins his own life. He wastes it. Chapter 14 and verse 1 says that the fruit of being a fool is to tear down one's own house. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears hers down. The foolish person brings down his house around himself. In chapter 11, verse 29, we're told, He who brings trouble on his family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be a servant to the wise. A fool has no inheritance to give, except foolishness, except the wind. And he himself becomes an indentured servant a servant to those who are wise, the bitter fruit of a life of foolishness. Jesus told the story of a man who built his house upon a rock. And when the storms came against that house, it beat and it blew, 
But it did not collapse because it was built upon a rock. But Jesus said, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when the storms came, it undermined the house and it all collapsed. That is the ruin that awaits every fool. You say, but I know fools who are, are wealthy. You see a man who's in the process of becoming poor. You say, but I know a fool who is successful. You see a fool who is soon going to be a failure. Because inevitably, at the end, the fool loses it all. As God said to the fool who was a farmer that Jesus told us about, you fool, tonight your soul is required of you, and now whose will all of those things be that you've gathered together? In the end, the fool loses it all. He's brought to ruin. Well, you say, is there any hope for a confirmed and persistent fool? Is there any hope for him? The answer to that is, not much. Not much. According to the book of Proverbs. I would say that there is a, a window that is slightly open of an opportunity for a person who grows up to be a fool to avoid the disaster that's waiting him. He himself holds the key as to whether he will leave his foolishness behind and escape his destiny. You say, well, what is the key that the fool holds in his hand? It is the opportunity yet to repent, to humble himself, and to fear the Lord. If he will not do that, there is no hope for him. You say, well, I, I don't know whether I'm the fool or not, but I've sure made some mistakes in life. Well, all of us have, friend. All of us have. And many of us bear scars from mistakes of our lives. The thing is not that we make mistakes. The thing is, what do we learn from our mistakes? What do we do with our mistakes? That's the difference there between a fool and a wise person. A fool will not learn. A wise person does. <clears throat> and today you can respond in the right way. If you've made a mess of your life, you can come to Jesus Christ and humble yourself before him and receive forgiveness for the sins and receive wisdom to know how to begin putting your life back together. You can do that if you will. And I hope you will today, because Jesus delights in doing that. He delights in it. God takes no delight in a fool. But God does take delight in the fool who repents and comes to him. Who comes to him with the brokenness. Who comes to him with humility. Who comes to him in reverence and trust. Will you do that today? Will you turn around? Will you have a new beginning, a new start, and begin living wisely and building your house upon a rock? Let's pray.
heads bowed, our eyes closed, and as the Spirit of God presses home to our hearts the message. Perhaps there are a number of us who feel some conviction today because we've acted foolishly in recent days or hours, perhaps. Our lives have given evidence of foolishness. We need to acknowledge that to God, to ask Him forgiveness for any sin involved, to make it right with others, determine in our hearts to seek God's wisdom reverently and humbly. If you're one today who's been walking away from God and And more than just an incident or two, there's been a whole line, a whole train of foolishness. Your life is bent and warped in that direction. My friend, Jesus Christ offers you an opportunity to turn around today. Will you take him up on it? Just open your heart right where you're seated. You don't have to do anything but deal with God. And say, Lord, I acknowledge the foolishness of sin in my life and I repent of it. I turn from it, Lord. I humble myself before you. And I come to you to receive what I need, forgiveness and life and wisdom. He will give it to you, friend. He will meet you and give you a new life. You can start all over again. Father, may there be someone here today who would make that exact decision. In Jesus' name, amen. And if today that is your decision, or you're not quite at that point yet, but you need to talk to someone about your life, then I want to invite you Come up after the service and meet me here. I'm going to ask some elders or staff present in the service to come. Just wait for a few minutes in the front. We have those who would love to just take you aside and pray with you at the moment, and then we can set up something later if that deems necessary in your life. But please don't go away today unless you know that your heart is right with God and you're walking in the fear of the Lord. But we'd like to give the right hand of fellowship this morning to some who've come into our church in recent weeks. And I'm going to ask those in this service to quickly come.